Hey everyone, welcome to season three of Just One with Wanda. We're back with incredible stories from thriving Black business owners. Our special guests will share their game-winning passions and how you can also share similar victories. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get into the conversation. Welcome back everyone to Just One with Wanda. This week we have Chelsea Ukoha who's an attorney at law and owner of Professional Queens. And honestly, in my opinion, she is that girl. Um, she, <laughs> she is everything that encompasses beauty and brains. And I'm really happy to have her on the show to talk us through her upbringing and what made her start her business and kind of where she is in, in this point of her life. So welcome to the show, Chelsea. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for inviting me. I'm really excited. <laughs> Yeah, no problem. No problem at all. So Chelsea, we were talking offline, but we're both kind of a little under the weather guys. So if you hear, um, you know, us sounding like horses, that's why. Um, (laughs) But business doesn't stop. We had this appointment and I'm glad we were able to make time for it. And Chelsea, again, thank you so much for um, coming to the show. Um, And I'm excited to hear your story. Let's kick it right off. Um, So Chelsea, I know you are Nigerian American, but I'm not sure about your upbringing. I'm sure the audience would love to learn about that duality of being Nigerian in America. So were you born in Nigeria or were you born in America? And if so, kind of talk to us about your upbringing as a whole. Yeah, of course. So no, I was actually born in America. I was actually born in New York and my parents are Nigerian. So they came to America, New York specifically about maybe like 35 years ago with basically nothing. And they were able to provide us with everything that we needed. I have two siblings. I have a sister, older sister, and a younger brother. So I am the middle child. And I grew up in like a two-parent household. So my parents have always been a part of my journey throughout my whole life. So I really, really appreciate them. And education has always been really important to my family. Both my parents have their PhDs, and they currently both work at the CDC as epidemiologists so I'm super proud of them and seeing them and what they work for and work towards really like inspires me daily and so that's kind of what keeps me going it's my upbringing that's awesome I didn't know that you were born in New York I for some reason I thought you were born in in Texas so that says a lot yeah Um. (laughs) I was born in New York and I stayed there for like maybe five years and then we moved to actually Atlanta Georgia and I lived in Georgia for about five years and then I moved to Texas. I've been kind of like all over the place basically. And so, yeah. <laughs> okay, all right. So if you had to like rep your borough, I guess, which which part of New York were you born? Staten Island oh, is where okay. I was born. But you know, I was there for like <laughs> when I was like a baby. So I don't really rep it. You know, I do rep Texas because that's where I grew up um, you know, my teenage years and my adulthood. So yeah, Dallas, Texas. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> the dirt, is it dirty, dirty or dirty D triple D? Yeah. Triple, triple D. D, triple D, triple D. <laughs> um, cool. Cool. So in your household, you said two, two parent household, you have two siblings, you were the middle child. Did you ever feel like you went through like that middle child syndrome or did you feel as though 
your aspirations were equally uplifted. Weird thing is I've always grew up hearing about middle child syndrome. I didn't really know or understand what it really meant until I got older. And I look back, I'm like, hmm, I kind of did experience middle child syndrome because my parents kind of like let me do what I wanted to do. Like they never like pressured me. I was kind of like that perfect child. So I, ha- I got good grades. I pledged. They never had any issue or any issue to worry about me. And so they kind of just like let me kind of navigate my own life by myself. Um, so yeah, I, they didn't really like look over my shoulders too much. I kind of just like did what I want, you know, cause I always like did the right thing on my own. Definitely experienced it. I kind of wish they treated me like how they treated my siblings versus like always being super, super involved in trying to like navigate their careers and stuff like that. But it is what it is. Everything worked out how it should. So I have no regrets <laughs> being the middle child. Yeah, that's interesting. Cause you know, most Nigerians or at least the ones in, in diaspora, They always feel as though their parents pushed them either to become a lawyer or a doctor or a nurse or an engineer. Um, But from what you're saying, it it wasn't necessarily that case for you. It was not that case for me at all. That's good. Yeah, it was it was nice. (laughs) That's awesome. So you ended up becoming an attorney on your own merit and it was something that you aspired to do or did you want to become something else first and then you found your way into law? coming from a Nigerian household, like they're like basically four acceptable careers, doctor, pharmacist, lawyer, and engineer. And like I said, my parents never pressured me to become a lawyer. It's something I want to do, like ever since I could like talk. I grew up watching Law and Order. I grew up watching Lifetime movies and I, there's always like a woman attorney. I'm like, okay, I want to be an attorney. That looks cool. That's what I want to do. And so it was on my own will. It felt good not being pressured because like my sibling. She was pressured a little bit more to currently like in nursing school, taking her NCLEX. And my parents really wanted her to be a doctor at first. And so I, I saw like the pushback between like what she went through. And I'm like, I never experienced any of that pressure. So I'm very fortunate about that. I do come from a, a family of healthcare professionals. And so I found my niche in healthcare law. When I first was like growing up, I'm like, okay, I want to be a criminal attorney because I grew up again watching Law and Order. But (laughs) I actually did an internship while attending Texas Tech University in Lubbock where I had to work with criminals and I was super emotional about it and didn't make me feel good when I went home at night because I'm like, this person actually killed someone, raped someone, et cetera. And I have to talk to them. I have to defend them. And it doesn't really feel good on my heart. And so that's how I kind of thought about, hmm, what other areas of law can I do? And so that's kind of how I found healthcare law, again, with my family's background and kind of what I grew up with is healthcare, healthcare, healthcare. So I'm like, okay, let me see what healthcare law is about. And so currently I am a healthcare attorney and I love it so far. I wouldn't have done any other type of practice of law. I think it's awesome that you are in the healthcare space as an attorney. You don't really hear a lot about that. Definitely. (laughs) Healthcare is not going anywhere. And that's another reason why I chose to um, find my niche in healthcare law, because it's not going anywhere. The jobs are going to be endless and it's a perfect area of practice to become an expert in. You know, people are always going to need my advice and my my legal advice as far as, okay, is this contract um, sound? What about HIPAA violations? What about disposition contract, et cetera? And so it's not going anywhere. So I really do enjoy what I do. And I currently work for a healthcare startup company. Um, It's a great company because their whole mission is to reduce healthcare disparities. 
and so through technology and so basically the company is basically a company that basically pairs and connects um older aging adults to younger adults who can help with you know like transportation or house help or like just simple companionship if they get lonely and so it's a great company I'm, I'm truly fortunate to work for a company like the company I work for <laughs> yeah it sounds like you love it and that's what everyone would want for their their careers is to do something that you wake up and you feel good you feel like you're making an impact and it sounds like you're in that space so kudos to you yeah thank you yeah so um we spoke a little bit about your upbringing so you traveled all over you went from New York to Atlanta um and it sounds like you were in Texas a bit so once you got to college how did you navigate the college process um that's a question that I'll we tend to get with our audience members that are like in high school or like new college students how was that process for you having parents that were immigrants that's a really good question. So the goal was always law school. So being like, if you're interested in law school, basically you can major in anything. You can major in education, biology, whatever you want, criminal justice, whatever. And so I majored um, a sociology major in undergrad and cause that was my interest back then. And so, and I had a minor of legal studies. And so, like I said, the goal was always law school. So when I was a undergrad I made sure I made good grades I pledged a sorority Delta Sigma Theta and I did everything like you need to do to go to law school did the LSAT good grades social all the groups etc president VIP I mean president and um, vice president positions in different organizations and so like you said I was that girl I still am that girl um, but definitely undergrad I was definitely really really involved and so that helped me um, set me up for law school. And so, um, like I mentioned, I, was, I always had good grades. And so I actually graduated college in three and a half years as opposed to four years. And so since I graduated a semester early, I had like a little gap semester before law school. And so I actually had the perfect opportunity to go to move to DC and work on the Hill with a Congresswoman. I worked for Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee and um, that was an a, amazing experience and definitely eye-opening experience. Cause I was like, that was my first time saying, seeing like what else there is other than Texas. And so that's what inspired me to go to law school at Howard University School of Law in DC. Cause after my five month internship on the Hill, I was like, okay, I cannot leave DC. <laughs> and so I decided to attend law school there for three more years in DC. Wow. So we actually have that in common. I also entered on Capitol Hill as well. Um, I'm going to refrain from saying who I was supporting, <laughs> but let's just say I grew up in South Carolina and it is what it is. But um, yeah, interned for a house of, of rep. Um, and it was an eye-opening experience, like you said, too. Um, I remember walking through those doors and like seeing my coworkers and you know mm -hmm. the person I was working for and, and really feeling like a minority and in the back of my head always questioning like wow like how do we have a black president when mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a sea of you know um white males like that was a question that came to mind every single day um but at the same time I felt like it was such an honor and privilege to have that experience to really definitely see, like how this country operates and who mm -hmm. who's really 
who is really influential, right? Like you, you, you can attest to it. Like all these congressmen, they have meetings with all these companies. You have all these mm-hmm. lobbyists, and you're like, oh my goodness, these are the people that are really <laughs> controlling everything. It's not. It's not like you know. We all have a voice, yes, but there are people that are put in positions to make things happen in this country, and I don't think everyone knows that. And then also, I learned that you know it's important to have a relationship with your congressman. Like there are some people that you know, they call every day or every week and write letters, advocate for themselves, <laughs> right? And I don't think, you know, all Black people know that they can do that. Um, so that's something that after that internship, like I try to encourage folks to, you know, get in contact with their congressmen and congresswomen. There are people there legitimately there to answer phone calls, and I was one of them. So <laughs> you should definitely use that to your advantage. That's one of your, your rights and something that you have as a as a citizen. Um, so I, that really stood out to me. And it's it's nice that you had that experience. A lot of people don't, don't have that experience. Um, so I fell in love with DC as well. Um, <laughs> I didn't necessarily go there immediately after went to Hampton, but you went to Howard. So how were you able to like navigate that HBCU experience and, you know, coming from Texas, how was that transition for you? Um, so I went to Texas Tech, like I mentioned earlier, and it's a PWI. And so I was super, super, super excited to attend my first um, HBCU. And so the transition was natural. Like it was nice to be in a classroom full of people who look just like you, you know, <laughs> it was, it was so nice because I had friends who also went to law school the same time I did and they had to battle like you know racially racial issues while trying to be a law student I didn't have those issues so I just focused on my books and I was it just it just made going to law school a lot more easier and so I, I, I love the opportunity and I definitely always advocate people to if you're interested in going to a graduate school and you went to a PWI first definitely try HBCU after like it's it's just a you know it's so nice to to have that experience but like I said it was very natural I didn't it wasn't weird for me or anything like that that's good that's good and to your point I like I said I went to HBCU but my post fellowship experience I wanted something a little bit different so I ended up I guess you could say going to a PWI it was through Rutgers so that was completely different and I think it's nice to just see the two um two ways of doing things and you I think you can learn from both you know both experiences of PWI and, and HBCU so law school you're at HBCU you're at the other HU but that's okay. <laughs> the real HU <laughs> it's all good it's okay it's okay <laughs> Um, so you were there, law school is three years, right? So I'm sure you guys go through like tons of different internships. So how were you able to narrow down like your, your, your niche? How, like, were you taking like certain courses and they stood out to you? Like, how did it work for you? So basically, yeah, law school is three years, three long years. (laughs) But, um, like I said, right before I went to, um, law school at Howard Law, I found out I want to do healthcare law. And so while I was in law school, I made sure all my internships were like healthcare focused. And so I interned at the CDC while I was in law school twice. I always made sure that if I had a part-time job, it's gonna be at a healthcare law firm. So I gained experience throughout my three years of law school. And I mean, I focused on my grades, I made okay grades, and then I made sure I got the ideal experience I need. So when I get out of law school, I'm, I'm set and ready to go. 
um, because some people do make the mistake of focusing so much on their grades that they don't make that they don't make the connections in the like they, and they don't make the connections and gain the real world experience that you need to become a successful attorney. And so um, I at Howard Law at the time we only had one healthcare healthcare law class. It was like intro to health law or something like that. So super basic. So there wasn't any health law courses at Howard Law at the time. So I had to use my outside class time to get that experience and stuff like that. So that is what I did while I was at Howard Law. And um, also I'm very proud of myself because a lot of healthcare attorneys do have like a background in health, either they're biology majors or they have their MPH or M. HA or you know some kind of healthcare background and I didn't I had to like basically start off from scratch and just learn as I go and so it was a little bit of a, a learning curve for me but I made it work yeah I mean that's good that's that's excellent um it sounds like it was a path at least at Howard Law at the time a path that a lot of people didn't take is that correct yeah, that's right. Yeah, so you had to do a lot of like learning and putting the pieces together, a lot of networking and a lot of things on your own. And that's not always easy, plus like studying and doing all those, all the other things you're trying to do. Um, so kudos to you. I, I, I know a lot of folks can, can attest to that or can share similar stories <clears throat> where they have this vision of what they want to do, but the school may not necessarily understand at the time. But, you know, 10, five years later, they're like, oh, okay, that's actually something we should probably have more courses in because there, there are opportunities there. And I'm, with this whole pandemic, maybe is that, did that um, inspire them to add more classes? Like, have you seen changes? Definitely. In yeah. They have a whole club now. They have a whole health law organization, <laughs> stuff like that, which was started my last year at Howard Law, my last semester. So I was able to see it take off because it was a group of me and like maybe five others who had a interest in healthcare law. We're like, come on, we need a health law club here and so we were actually able to initiate it right before I left and so it's it's doing great now they have seminars they have weeks health law weeks and stuff like that so um, I'm happy that Howard definitely saw it as a booming industry and definitely decides to cater more to it good good all right Chelsea so as I mentioned in the intro you were that girl and you still are that girl so how are you able to balance you know, your social life, personal life, while at Howard in a thriving and entertaining city such as DC? And what would you say to like, you know, college students or professional students that are kind of in similar situations? How are you able to find that balance? Um, so I'm a huge planner. So I plan out weeks in advance, months in advance. I have my handy dandy planner that I use for everything. And so of course you have class time and then I plan my study time. And then of course the weekends are kind of like up to you what, what you want to do. So I would choose, I decide to like use my weekends as a study day. And then in the night I might do something like a social activity. And so I tried to keep up, it was hard, it's not easy, but um, I had to keep up with my, you know, social appearance and networking events because I knew what the end goal was. You know, if you're in your books 24 seven, you're not gonna meet the person who's going to get you the, your next job gig or anything like that or, or find a mentor and so I just have to plan my schedule accordingly like I can't do everything at once but I had to prioritize okay this assignment has to get done this reading has to get done etc however there is a health law association happy hour today that I have to go to so I just had to like learn how to prioritize what was important 
and what was only that day you know like if there's only a happy hour that day that's it I have to go and so I just had to move around my study schedule and just make it work you know it wasn't easy but um it had to get done (laughs) right right so after law school um you then you know passed the bar and now you're working in your current position you know as you look back on your entire professional journey what would you say has been the biggest lesson that you've learned Hmm, that's actually a really good win. I guess I, looking back, I have learned so much about myself, like what I'm capable of doing. And I'm a lot stronger mentally, physically than I used to think I was. So I didn't pass the bar the first time. And so that was really devastating to me and my family. It was a struggle, but I learned that I'm capable of passing the bar. And I learned that I am more than passing the bar. And people who went to law school will kind of agree with that statement because you graduate from law school you're like okay what's next and you feel like your your life is like incomplete without passing that bar exam but your life is still pretty much complete you just have one little missing piece that may or may not be the bar exam but I was really devastated when I didn't pass the bar but all the life lessons I learned after not passing has it helped me pass eventually and I am a licensed attorney now and it just I know that basically the sky is my limit. There's nothing I cannot do. There's nothing I cannot accomplish. I definitely learned perseverance and just learning more who I am and what I'm capable of. Yeah. And I think that's a good segue to your new venture, Professional Queens. Um, So as you mentioned, you are who you are and and I think you are a queen. So is that where you came, (laughs) how you came up with (laughs) the name of your owner, uh, the name Um, of your company? Sorry. (laughs) no you're fine um it's actually very interesting how I thought of the name um but let me start off by saying like to be honest I've never dreamt of like starting my own business I never thought of creating an LLC or anything like that like my goal was just to go to law school become an attorney just work for a corporation forever like I never thought about you know having an actual business of my own so I'm still kind of shocked to this day there are two things I really, really love. And that's one, personalized gifts. And two is also like ins- inspiring and celebrating other women's success. And so um, I've always been that one friend who always buys gifts, like whether it's personalized shot glasses, t-shirts, hats, wine glasses, whatever. I've always been that friend. So if like, whether it be a trip or we're celebrating someone's birthday, I'll basically order from a a vendor um, these products for my friends, you know, to celebrate whatever they're going through, whatever we're celebrating. And so I just thought about like, instead of buying from other people who make these things, why don't I just make my own products? And so I literally, God gave him the vision one day and he was like, I want you to call it professional queens. And I want you to celebrate other women's accomplishments, um, whether it be academic or being a mother or whatever they're going through, um, different milestones in life. And that's why it's called Professional Queens, because I want to celebrate professional women and their accomplishments. And it's nice to have a constant reminder that you either passed a bar, you, you're now a teacher, you're now a healthcare consultant or whatever you, whatever you, you have always dreamt of accomplish, accomplishing, now you can see it on a plaque or you can have your coffee mug that has, you know, Chelsea Esquire on it. Like it just, it's a constant reminder that I have accomplished my goals and I'm only going to accomplish more goals from here. 
And so that's kind of how I started professional queens, <laughs> personal gifts and celebrating other women's success. Very interesting, very random. It's not something I planned or ever dreamt of, but I'm happy that I started it. That's beautiful. And Thank where you. you are, yeah, you're welcome. And where you are um, in the stage of your business, what has been the highlight so far? My highlight so far has been seeing like people like actually order my my mugs, for example, and like post it and like, oh, this is my favorite mug and stuff like that. Like I love seeing people celebrate their you know success or their degrees or their accomplishments and stuff like that. Um, and I love seeing when I get orders in that people are buying for their friends. I'm like, oh my god, that's so cute. Like I had an order the other day. Someone's friend is graduating med school. And so they got their personalized mug and a wine glass. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so nice to see people celebrating their friends, you know, accomplishing these big goals and achievements. And so I just love getting orders. I love seeing people post it and truly love what they receive. And do you have like a favorite item that you make or something that is a bestseller that you would say? Hmm. So that's actually a really good question. Um, so what I enjoy making the most is tumblers. Um, I don't know if you've been on, on the website yet. It's pretty easy to find on Etsy, Professional Queens. Just type it in. Um, I do sell personalized tumblers and I love, it just makes me happy <laughs> when I make these items. I put so much care and, you know, time and effort into them. So it's, it's it makes me happy. And it's actually really fun to make them. So I'll enjoy making the tumblers. However, however, my best sellers are the mugs. So the mugs will have your first name, last name on it, and then Esquire or JD or PhD or pharmacy so I that's currently my best sellers um so yeah okay okay all right so you guys hear it here so that's what you need to go and order <laughs> if you can um so what has been like the biggest lesson that you've learned in your journey um have you had any, any setbacks and if so what were those setbacks and what have you learned from them or is it just fun and you know you're just taking it as it is it's, it's fun. I am taking it as it is. I'm trying not like to be a business owner, you have to have thicker skin. And so that's something I'm learning because not everyone's going to love your products. Not everyone's going to want to support and stuff like that. So I had to understand that it's had its ups and downs because some days I receive zero orders. Some days I'm receiving 20 orders. So it has been truly humbling experience like to go through this experience as a business owner, but it's been nice to receive reviews and comments and feedback from people from my customers and I really do appreciate them awesome all right Chelsea we have now reached the end of the I guess interview part of the podcast and now we're diving into the rapid fire this or that questionnaire are you ready I'm ready all right first question is heels or sneakers Definitely heels. I only have one pair of sneakers and that's my workout sneakers. <laughs> wow. Okay. That girl, everybody, as I said. <laughs> um, favorite Black-owned beauty brand? Hmm. Um, I love makeup, so I would definitely say Rihanna's brand. Okay. Fenty. Fenty. Good choice. Uh, favorite law-related show or movie? Definitely Law & Order. Um, movie would be The Lincoln Lawyer but definitely law and order, but oh. only the portion. Okay. What are your thoughts on legally blonde? I don't know. For some reason, I thought you were going to say that, but it's okay. Oh no, no. It's a good, it's a good movie, but it's, it's, it's more comical. And I'm not really interested in like 
my favorite genre is not comical genre so that's that's why I don't really care for it um and it's not really a realistic expectation of law school or being a lawyer so I it was a good movie to watch but I've never really been like a true legally blonde fan okay yeah that was gonna be my second question is is it a good depiction of law school but you heard it here no. folks if you wanted to become a lawyer based off of that movie you may want to literally evaluate your choice instagram or tiktok instagram not really a dancer so yeah i like the reels and stuff like that okay what's heavily played on your music playlist right now um hmm. um I really only listen to R&B and um Afrobeats so definitely Afrobeats all of my playlists okay what are your top three artists hmm I would definitely have to say Burna Boy even though he cancels all of his <laughs> concerts I definitely in I love Kiss Daniel I've always been a Wale fan so Wale has been one of my favorite artists Awesome. Wale's from the DMV. Did you get a chance yes. to see him in person while you were out I, there? I have. I did. I did. I did. I saw him once. <laughs> I actually saw him twice. I saw him once in concert and then twice. Actually, I went, I went out to like a nightclub with my girlfriend. And the whole time, I guess they didn't play any Wale songs. And so all of a sudden, you see this guy who looks just like Wale. It was Wale. But <laughs> Wale basically <laughs> jumps on stage at a nightclub. And he's like, y'all this is my hometown the dmv is my hometown i've been here for two hours and i have not heard one wale song this is whack and he just jumps off the stage and just leaves <laughs> the club i'm like what just happened i mean they did not play any wale songs but still like it was just he just had a whole tantrum but yes i saw him twice <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah Wale is a very interesting interesting <laughs> artist but I think he's toned down over the years since he he's a father and stuff definitely Wale holding it down for a Nigerian American <laughs> um okay three things you can't live without three things I cannot live without my journal cannot live with my journal I write in my journal like every week not daily but maybe three, three times a week and it's my prayer journal. So I have a prayer journal to God where I just write and basically just talk to God about like what I'm going through or just anything I'm praying for my family, et cetera. So my prayer journal is my everything. I would say my laptop. I like watching Netflix. So I'm always watching Netflix throughout the day and stuff like that. So I would say my prayer journal, my laptop, and definitely a sweater. I get cold all day. Um, so I usually try to have a sweater with me when I'm in the car or I'm running errands or anything like that. I always have a, tw- a sweater with me. So those are the three things I can't live without. <laughs> okay. Phone call or text message? What's the best phone way? Call. Phone call. I hate texting. Okay. Has it always <laughs> been like that? Huh. Um, yeah, definitely. Has always, I, I like hearing, you know, people's voices and their tone so I know like you know how they're perceiving something or how something um or how I'm perceiving something so if I'm angry you can't really tell if I'm angry in a text message or you know you can't really tell if I'm happy unless I put like a explanation mark and stuff like that so yeah definitely phone calls (laughs) okay awesome and the last question is what's the most adventurous thing that you've done in your life 
that's actually oh that's actually a really good question but um the most adventurous thing i've ever done in my life is um swimming with the dolphin oh, so yeah, yeah it's actually really scary <laughs> um but for my 29th birthday i went to um cabo mexico and i actually was able to swim with dolphins and it was a great it was a great experience great opportunity to do that but it was very scary because i had to, like when i was standing by the dolphin i'm like wait this is an actual animal animal that has its own brain its own thoughts it can do whatever it's, it wants even though it's trained you know so <laughs> that's actually the most scariest thing i've done <laughs> Yeah, I would have to agree with you. I did the same last mm -hmm. year. Um, yeah, in Jamaica. And you're right, you have to put your life and in, in the, I guess in the hands, but in the flippers of, of a dolphin. Um, but it requires a lot of trust. And you just have to let go and just trust that he's trained or she's trained enough to get you to where you need to be. <laughs> and won't like flip the script on you <laughs> while you're out there. But um, it was a good time. And I'm glad that you got that experience too. Alrighty, Chelsea. So thank you so much again for your time. It was awesome getting to know about your experience, you know, born in New York, two amazing parents, two amazing siblings. You know, you sounds like you've been all over the U.S. and you found your, your niche in law and now you're doing, you know, something fun that you enjoy with professional queens. Those that want to get in contact with you or uh, patronize your your business how can they find your business and and get in contact with you um so right now I am only selling on Etsy so you know the Etsy app has it has an app and it also has a website so you just go into the search bar and type in professional queens and from there you can see all the journals and mugs and stuff that I have and, and I'm have available and so that's one way also you can find me on Instagram of course um and my name is the Etsy attorney. And so you can reach out to me that way, send me a DM or anything. I'm always available to talk. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, thanks again, Chelsea. It was a pleasure and hopefully we can get you back on the podcast in the future. Thank you so much. Big thank you to our guests for chatting with us today. If you or someone you know is an entrepreneur, please contact us at justwinwithwanda at gmail.com for an opportunity to join the show. For sponsorships or general questions, feel free to contact us as well. Thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you next time.